Die tijd nou so kwart oor 11 hier op Helderberg FM. My name is Vanessa Bourne. It's In The Zone. Welcome to the show if you've just joined. And um, I've been waxing lyrical for the last, what is it, two hours about my guest who's sitting opposite from me in the studio. Good morning, Eric Kruger. Welcome to Helderberg FM. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's a huge pleasure. And um, I, this book that you've brought out, it, it, I must be very honest with you. I'm going to be, you know, sometimes um, we don't want to say things that make us look a little bit kind of, you know, people think, what the hell was she thinking? But when I saw the name of the book, Dangerous, my first initial reaction was, is this going to tell me how to get a self-defense course <laughs> or how to get physically safe? But it has absolutely nothing to do with that. Sure. It has to do about you being dangerous. And it's dangerous, not in a physical sense or a threatening sense to people, but in terms of achieving your goals. Tell us more. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think I, I wanted the cover to be a little bit bold and provocative. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted people to look at the word and go, well, like, what's this about? Um, but you're right. You know, when, when we think of dangerous, we mm -hmm. have a very specific connotation to that word. Yes. Um, it's very dangerous to get into your car and drive to the shops because, you know, you're going to stop at a robot, you might get hijacked. So, yeah. like, in our minds, we think dangerous isn't a good thing. Mm -hmm. But we also use dangerous in a different context, and mm -hmm. especially in sports. You know, like, we see Cheslin Colby run into the sports field. We say, he's dangerous. Uh -huh. And we say that not because he's going to take a gun out of his sock, <laughs> but because... He has a very specific way of looking at the game, a set of skills, experience that makes him very formidable in that domain. And so when I speak about being dangerous in the context of this book, that is what we're speaking about. It's like, how do you become formidable and a threat to the threats in your life? And this is not just for a sports person or the CEO. It is for the, the housewife or yeah. the person who has chosen to raise her children. Um, it sounds like it's for anybody because when I read the excerpts from the book, I suddenly realized, but, you know, in the various roles that I have in my life, they apply to all those roles in some form or way. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because the idea emanated from a coaching session I had with an executive. Mm -hmm. And I do most of my work there, you know, whether it's doing workshops or keynotes, like most of it's geared towards, like, towards a corporate audience. Mm -hmm. um, but as I wrote the book, I realized more and more that it's, just, it's applicable to all of us because mm -hmm. we all slip into survival mode at times. We all have threats in our lives. And even if you just take, like you said, your own life and you break it down into categories, there's me as the mother, as you know, mm -hmm. uh, the working professional, as looking after my health. Yeah. So... The, even in each of those areas, you could be either harmless or dangerous. You mm. could be in survival mode or you could be thriving. Mm. And it's up to us to have the awareness to know, well, what do I do in each of those situations? Absolutely. Now, we live, you know, I think the last two years has taught us that a threat can arise at any time. Yeah. And it can literally obliterate um, the life that you've envisaged for yourself. But some of the threats that we have that can keep us from achieving our life or, or our, fulfill our lives is not necessarily something like a pandemic. Um, there are threats. What are some of those threats that we can, that we can unpack this morning? Yeah, you know, um, there are so many. So even in the book, mm. I, I kind of veered away from saying these are the threats to look out for. Mm. Instead, what I want to say is to say, well, there are going to be small threats and there are going to be big threats. Mm. So there will be tiny threats that you don't necessarily pay attention to all the time. So like it might be that this month's revenue is a little bit lower than what it used to be or mm -hmm. you wake up in the morning after it's like pain in your chest and mm -hmm. what do we do with small threats? We ignore them. Uh -huh. And then over time those threats grow and grow and grow until they become the big threats, mm -hmm. right? So like sometimes the threats, um, even the smallest ones, 
they grow into something that we need to really pay attention to. We often hear people saying, you know, I felt there was there was a small voice. There was a moment. Said, there was yes, a moment. And, and sure. you ignored the moment and then you carried on. And then when you look back, you go, oh, goodness, I should have done that. Exactly. Yeah. So so that was those be like those tiny threats that still need to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And then there are the big threats like. Uh, a big change in the landscape, a big change in the market, a competitor that opens up next to you. Mm. Um, and those big threats, they are very obvious, right? And they, they knock you back into survival mode quite easily. Mm. The pandemic is obviously the, the most easiest one to turn to in that, yeah. but they, there are many that fall into that category. Mm. And then on top of that, there's also internal and external threats. So mm. like, we can't just look to the outside and think those are the only threats. Mm. Internally, there could also be certain beliefs, certain ways of thinking. Oh that become threats for how you are going to show up. Okay. So instead of trying to say to people, you know, these are the specific threats to look out for, mm-hmm. I wanted to rather categorize them mm-hmm. and say, even if it's tiny, pay attention. If it's big, mm-hmm. like you'll know it's there. Make sure it's not only external, but it, it might also be internal. Mm-hmm. And I think um, when you look at it from a principal's point of view, it becomes easier to then say, well, let me use this as a framework for identifying the threats that are in my life. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you talk about is survival mode. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, I think to myself, a lot of people are going, you know, we're in survival mode because petrol's going up, food prices are getting worse, jobs are, there are not many jobs out there, um, the pandemic. So we can have a whole mm. list of it. But survival mode, uh, you know, when I read what you said about survival mode, about being uh, hyper-reactive to things, um, about killing fires, about fear and anxiety. Um, I kind of took a step back and I thought, oh, um, am I in survival mode? And so we think that we're doing the things uh, on a daily basis, but we're actually in kind of like a hyper-survival mode. What is the mm. misconception that is associated with survival mode? Well, the first thing to know is that survival mode is actually an important feature mm-hmm. right like we need it yeah. uh, but the thing is and what i keep saying to people is that it's okay to be in survival mode because mm-hmm. things happen we lose to our threats we become the victims to our threats so it's okay to be in survival mode it's just okay to mm-hmm. stay there uh-huh. at some point you need to make that shift and only you can do it if you're waiting for things around you to change and then you shift you can wait for a very long time and the longer you wait the deeper you go down into mm-hmm. survival mode and one of the biggest challenges that I see for people who are in survival mode is that it almost becomes invisible to them. You know, mm. if, if it's the pandemic and like you are physically fighting for the survival of your business, that's one thing. You're going to be quite clear that you are in survival mode there. Mm. But very often, you know, things are just kind of the way they've always been. Mm. And we don't realize that we are stagnating, that we aren't growing, that we aren't taking any more risks. And again, like back to the origin story, like the, the CEO that I was speaking to at that time, mm. Everything in his life was going well, but yet mentally he was in survival mode. So you need to distinguish between mental and physical survival mode. Okay. You can be in both or you can be in one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I yeah. think that um, the one thing that I've also realized is that many of us often, uh, we like to believe that we've got dreams and goals, but we, we, we don't, we, we operate in, in a threat kind of, if something is a, is a, is a, um, a crisis, 
and we that becomes the goal and we can only focus on that goal and then when we're in that crisis we're operating really maximally mm. but when the crisis is gone then suddenly you know then what do you do now mm. and then you create another crisis in order to in order to yeah. operate and i think that's a that's a sort of a survival mode as well for sure that's the you know so in the book i list um three things i say that mm-hmm. when you are in survival mode you become hyper reactive to what's mm-hmm. happening around you mm-hmm. you become or you operate from a place of fear frustration and anxiety mm-hmm which gives you these two distortions of severity and probability. Probability says uh, things are likely to go wrong, and severity says that when they go wrong, it's going to be catastrophic. And then the last thing is that the things we do in survival mode keep us in survival mode. Mm. So your example is just that there's this big crisis. Mm. You become reactive to it, which, mm-hmm. again, like perhaps you need to do that. Yeah. But then instead of moving on and beyond that, the things you do in survival mode keep you in survival mode, so you create the next crisis for yourself. Mm. But... Ultimately, whether you are in survival mode or whether you are being a threat to the threat and a danger to the danger, like mm-hmm. irrespective of where you find yourself, it's all about a pattern of thinking, feeling, and acting. And the like that's one of the most important things to take away is that if you are in survival mode, there's a specific pattern that you can oh. observe in how you are showing up. Okay. And if you want to escape survival mode, you need to break that pattern. And it's so self-awareness is very important. It's very important. Okay. And it's and it's also it's very, very difficult. I'm speaking to Eric Kruger. He is the author of Dangerous, Be the Threat for Your Threats. Um, and it's this wonderful new book, and I, I really urge you to go and get it. Eric, I want to know from you, how important is it to have the ability or rather to cultivate the ability to adapt? Now, mm. I think South Africans, we've got this in our DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but how important is it to be able to adapt? I believe it's everything at the moment. Mm. You know, when we look at the complexity that exists in the world at the moment, at the rate of change, Mm -hmm. none of that is either slowing down or going away. And so this becomes the skill that you need to cultivate. And it actually, it really helps to see it as a skill because when something is a skill, it means it can be learned and it can be improved. Mm. When we think this is just something I have or don't have, then we can't do anything about it. I saw this great article about a week ago about this 80-year-old granny who taught herself how to code and she wrote an app. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> apparently our adaptability goes down as we age. Mm-hmm. And well, then she blew that you see out this, of the water. You know, it's like incredible. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think anyone really has an excuse. Um, there are a ton of threats that are coming your way. Mm. Like, with, you know, if you want to think about it like that, there are, you know, AI and automation. All those things are coming through in your professional life and how you respond to those threats really matter and Mm -hmm. part of that is adapting to what is coming. I think the two words that I took um, from one of the excerpts was failed potential and I I looked at that and I thought for where I am Mm. in my life or anybody else for that matter to know that you had the potential but you never acted on it and to have failed potential um, is actually just simply very sad. Mm. So uh, I I've, thank you so much for writing this book. Uh, where can we get the book? Uh, the book's available pretty much everywhere at this stage. Okay. Exclusive books, loot, take a lot. Uh, there's a Kindle version as well. Ah, okay. So yeah. for those who I love a book, I, I need to make notes and I need to fold pages over. I know people are going, don't fold the ears. <laughs> but um, I, I, I absolutely thank you so much. Uh, when you came into the studio, I said to you, I just, I've been reading through everything and I, I just couldn't sort of <laughs> nail down. But I, uh, because there's so much and it's so broad. And uh, I think if you're listening right now and you're feeling that you need to sort of take charge of your life or you just want something better, then go and grab Eric's book, Dangerous.
Um, you can't miss it. It's black and it's got the word dangerous written across the yeah. front. <laughs> as easy as that. Eric, thank you so much for your time thank this you. morning. It's been thank such you. a pleasure to speak to you. And see you. Thank you. Thanks.